0: Well good morning everyone, it's good to be here, or for those of you who are meeting with us virtually, thank God to see you, uh, for you to be able to see us and to tune in, so we uh, look to the Lord today, we want to invite him into this place and into our meeting that um, he might inspire all that takes place. We are blessed to see each one of you who are here in person, and um, we even welcome some who we haven't seen for quite a while, and we're just so glad to see all of you today. But may the Lord bless us as we gather in his house, and we're going to um, open in prayer. If you don't mind, I'll ask if we all stand. Sing that song, Stand Tall, and let's do that for the Lord. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning to um, worship and honor your name, because you're so very worthy, dear Lord, and even um, the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, uh, the source of all of our salvation and our strength and our, our uh Ability, Lord God, to um, continue in this life for truly it gives our life meaning and purpose and it gives us joy and strength, dear Lord, even through uh, trials and tribulations that come our way. So we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the name of God and the name of Jesus Christ that we um, call upon and we can identify with, Lord, and be a part of. I pray that as uh, our brother would go forth this morning, that you would even help us, Lord, to um, truly identify and truly make ourselves, Lord, part of that army, even um, as much as you have chosen us and accepted us, that we might daily, Lord, make our choice and cast our lot with you. Truly, Lord God, you commanded that we should abide in you, dear Lord, and then promised that you would abide in us. So abide with us today and be with us and help us, Lord God, and strengthen each one. Bless us, Lord, that we might come away from this meeting today feeling, Lord, we have been even fed and nourished, Lord, by the good word of God. So be with us this day. Bless our brother as he goes forth. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Good morning, everyone. Hope and uh, it's great to see all of you that are here and as brother Anthony said we uh, certainly welcome our, our friends and family that are watching virtually um, you know it's uh, it's good to see those uh, seats being occupied in the building and um, we look forward to the day that we're all here once again um, meeting together and praising the Lord together and but uh, today we are have our blue group here and we're, we're happy to have you. Um, and uh, Brother AJ is uh, off on a much needed uh, little retreat this week. Uh, he and his family, um, so we certainly want to remember them in prayer uh, as they're out and just pray that God will be with them uh, until uh, we meet again. Um, so I'm going to ask for don't worry I'm not gonna make everybody stand up and clap this time <clears throat> um, but I do have uh, a lot of things to get organized here so give me just one second okay so the theme today is choose your champion and I'll be honest with you um... This is a message that kind of uh, came to me as I was traveling in the car, um, <clears throat> and I thought it was kind of a weird message, and uh, I'll confess to you that, um, and I'll make it a little more clear here in a second, um, <clears throat> but when I say that to you, I think probably certain things are coming into your mind as to what that means. And, obviously choosing something, that's us selecting it. And um, and champion has its own meaning in a lot of different uh, ways. And so um, with that, I'm going to start with the verse uh, in Joshua. This isn't going to be our main text, but I think it certainly uh, relates to um, the message today. And so uh, in in Joshua, the 14th, uh, sorry, 24th chapter, the 14th verse, he says, now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And then a very familiar verse. Uh, probably some of you have little plaques in your house that read this and uh, different things. And if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord, that part you don't have in a plaque, I don't think. Um, <laughs> But choose you this day whom ye will serve. And then uh, he kind of reiterates again what he, he just said in that previous verse about the gods uh, over on the other side. But then he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And it's a very profound statement that Joshua makes towards the end of his life. Uh, the, the Bible that I have actually calls it Joshua's farewell sermon and, or farewell address. And so um, Joshua boldly proclaims this this, um, idea of serving the Lord. And so I use that just as kind of a premise into the message today. So when I say choose your champion, we're in the midst of the NBA finals, as awkward as they may be after a a kind of a crazy year. Um, So... Very famous, for those that know anything about basketball, um, Michael Jordan. And this is a very famous uh, poster. Uh, I had it growing up in my wall. I had it growing up, or I had it on my wall as I was growing up. Um, And uh, him going up for this sling. Okay? And now this is a picture of, for those that might not know, this is LeBron James. And Some would consider him to be the best basketball player that's playing right now in in our current day and time. And so I was listening to sports radio uh, this week, and they were having this debate about who was better. And I'll tell you right now, before LeBron, it was Kobe, and it was a comparison between Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, who was better. And so the same comparison happens now, because LeBron James is in the finals with the Lakers. And so this this argument comes up as, who is the best player ever? And so this debate goes on. And it just kind of hit me, because it's very hard to even try and have this discussion. Because they they played in two very different times. They had different situations surrounding them in, in in their field. They play different positions. LeBron James is much bigger than Michael Jordan ever was. But also, LeBron James started in the NBA much younger than Michael Jordan ever did. Well, this isn't a message about NBA basketball. Don't worry. (laughs) All right? But I use it just as an illustration. And it's really what kind of sparked this thought of choosing our champion. All right. So uh, champion. It's a noun. And... I uh, just want to take a couple of definitions for this word. So, a person who has defeated or surpassed all rivals in a competition, especially in sports. Well, that certainly kind of ties back to the pictures that I just showed and this discussion or debate that goes on about who's the best basketball player who's ever played and, and all that really just doesn't really matter. But anyway, certainly ties to that. But here's the one I want us to kind of focus in on more today. A person who fights or argues for a cause or on behalf of someone else. This we call a champion. He's a champion of a cause. Um, a lot of people uh, will start um, you know, different... Uh, um, oh, what's word I'm looking for? Uh, outreach programs, things like that, and they are a champion for a cause. So, Maybe it's uh, autism, children, uh, children's autism. So they will they champion this cause. And I met a young lady this week at uh, Dutch Bros, who shared that she helped champion this cause that is taught in some of the schools out in our area. And she's like, oh, I'm the co-founder of that, that particular cause. And so, again, these pieces just kind of come together as the message just keeps coming. Like, OK, well, who is our champion? All right. Well, having this kind of basis of understanding for this definition of a champion, I want to use, and this will be our main passage of scripture that we use today, uh, is found in the 17th chapter of Samuel. Now, if I asked you, is the word champion in the scriptures, what would be your guess? Probably not, right? Seems like a relatively new term, right? And that—that that was kind of my thought as well, as I was looking at that and just kind of thinking about it. Um, sorry, um, had to think about it a little bit and try and figure out: is this um, word used in the Scripture? Well, sure enough, it is. And it's found in this chapter, actually twice. Um, and interestingly enough, it is going to describe somebody in particular in this chapter. And it might not be the person you're thinking. All right? So uh, with that, uh, I'm going to start in the first, or no, I'm sorry, I'm going to start in the Third verse, and there is a battle that's going on, and um, Saul, who is king of the Israelites, uh, is there in battle with uh, the Israelites, and they are battling the Philistines, okay? And in the third verse, it says, and the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. So, um, you know, you get, get this visual of here's one army over here on this side. Here's another army over here. And the battlefield is down in the valley. Okay? And the fourth verse. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span, And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood, and he cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine, and ye servants of Saul? Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants and kill him. Then shall ye be the servants and serve us. So if there's this this challenge that goes out. So... Out comes their champion, Goliath. And, you know, this, this story is, goes back to our very beginning days of learning about God. Um, whether it's VBS or Sunday school, or we, we learn about this epic battle of David and Goliath. And, you know, for whatever reason, the term champion never really stuck in my mind until I'm reading back through this story. And, and here comes the Philistines' champion and who they put their confidence in, because not only is he their champion, he is calling out those that are following Saul, the Israelites, and saying, okay, you pick one and have him come fight me. So, what did they have to offer? I'm going to go back to the presentation here, Jared. So, Goliath, he's over nine feet, nine inches tall. That's kind of what that description. He wears a helmet of brass. He's got chainmail armor that weighs 125 pounds. He has shin guards made of brass, a bronze javelin in his back, and his spear's 12 feet long. The head is 15 pounds, all in of itself. And he's the Philistine champion. So what does David have? Well, if you remember the story, why was David even there? Remember, his father sent provisions for his brothers, his three oldest brothers who were fighting there. And I bet if I asked you to name David's three oldest brothers, uh, let me just ask, can anybody name them? These were the three oldest. These, the first one is the one that when brought to Samuel, Samuel said, surely this is the servant for which you've called. Because in Samuel's eyes, he saw a man that looked like the soon-to-be anointed king who would replace Saul. And God said, that's not the one. And Jesse had seven sons, or eight sons, sorry. Uh, Eight eight was David. And so um, it it plays out in that uh, Saul has this, or I'm sorry, Samuel has this desire to know who The Lord had sent him to anoint, and if you remember the story, he they prayed seven sons through. And Samuel's confused because God hasn't selected any of them. And Samuel says, "Are you sure this is all of your sons?" And Jesse says, "Oh well, my youngest son—he's out tending the sheep. So here's this kid who's almost a forgotten son, and you know he's the youngest." He's out tending the sheep. Surely this isn't who the Lord is going to anoint. But as they go and call him, and David comes in, sure enough, God says, "This is him who I've chosen." And um, I'm not going to turn to it, but uh, I do want to re- read what uh, what it says when Samuel anointed him king says, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. So his seven other brothers are there with him, uh, obviously with his father Jesse. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went. So Samuel leaves. He anoints David, uh, or anoints him, and the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And that's a very important part of who we choose as our champion today. All right. Well, we're not going to go through the whole 17th chapter of this epic battle that happens. But let's go ahead. And David, uh, so I, I kind of jokingly put up here. He's the Uber Eats guy. He's bringing people provisions. That's why he's even on the battlefield. It's why he's even there. And so, you know, I want to be relevant. So he's the Uber Eats guy. He, his dad says, oh, take this food out to your brother's. All right? But he was a shepherd who played a harp. He was good-looking. Well, you might think, well, that's kind of funny, but he, he, he was so good-looking that Goliath will even mock him for being good-looking. He's the youngest of eight brothers, as I said, and he goes to battle with a staff, a sling, and five smooth stones. But remember what happened. When Samuel anointed him, the spirit of the Lord was upon him from that day forward. And so David goes into this battle, meeting Goliath, with 100% confidence in God. David has chosen his champion. And so then, he becomes God's anointed champion for this battle. This battle with Goliath. All right? And so, you know, again, I'm not going to take you through all of it. Um, as I said, Goliath kind of mocks David for being young and good-looking. and Really? This is who you guys are sending after me? He's young. He's good-looking. Um, and, and I have to think the guy who was holding Goliath's shield, because if you remember, he had somebody who was holding his shield and would go before him to hold his shield. So that was this champion's uh Servant, I guess. Um, I I just have to think, he had to have laughed when David come running out into the valley, charging towards Goliath for this battle. And Goliath says to David, David, come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. And in the 45th verse of the 17th chapter, David says this. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hands, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee, and I will give the carcasses. Or the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and spear, but the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. That sounds like confidence to me. Does it not sound like confidence to you? You know, Saul, the king, when he hears about, hey, there's this guy who's causing some rumblings, and he's saying he's willing to go out and fight this guy. Because all the rest of the the battle-tested Israelites were fearful of the champion of the Philistines. They were fearful, and, and they didn't want to go after this challenge. Even Saul was concerned about this, and it weighed heavy upon him. And so they bring this guy who, ironically, had just spent some time in Saul's chambers playing a harp for him. Because Saul was so concerned, they called, and David came to the palace and played the harp. And when he played the harp, again, the Spirit of God is on David at this point. And it calmed Saul. Saul. So here's this guy, and obviously he's the king. He's not paying attention to whoever they send to play the harp. So here they bring this guy before him, and and they think, well, who is this guy? And I had to imagine Saul had kind of a similar response, I would think, at least in his mind, to David being willing to go to this battle. So Saul does what he thinks he should do and tries to prepare him. Here, take my army, Army. armor. Sorry, Put it on you. Um, Here's my sword. Take my sword to this battle. And, and David can't even walk around with these things because, as the scripture says, he hadn't tested them. That means he hadn't used them. They weren't part of him. So for him to have them upon him, I have to imagine it was probably like dead weight, you know. you're he, trying to go to fight a battle and you can't even move. I mean, so he just sheds himself of all of that stuff. And he takes his staff, his sling, and his five stones that are in his shepherd's But most importantly, he takes the confidence that he has that the Lord is his champion. Not only his, all of Israel. Because David's proclamations during this whole scripture, and I'm going to encourage all of you to read through this chapter, it it should give us confidence. It should give us a hope that God is our champion today. He wants to be your champion. And David chose him as his champion that day. Those that were fearful and concerned, they were wrapped up in the battle. They were wrapped up in the discouragement and the fear that was there of the the imminent battle with this giant that stood in the valley. And I say that not boastingly, because I've been there. I've been so consumed by the battle that I'm being charged to overcome. And what I want us to know today is that God wants us to choose him as, his champ- as our champion for these battles. The battle belongs to the Lord. If we choose him as our champion. Too often, we take it upon ourselves and we think, I'll do it by my own might. Uh, God, you've prepared me for this. No, yes, maybe he has. And it doesn't mean that we just stand there and don't do anything It's that we recognize that God is our champion and our faith and our trust is in Christ alone. Why so urgent with this message today? Why is it important? I'm going to jump scriptures. And for uh, those that remember, I spoke on Alma Senior a couple of weeks ago at the Waters of Mormon. And when I did have everybody clap their hands and and utilize that as as an illustration of God's spirit being evident in our praising the Lord. Well, Alma Sr. here is already gone through the waters of Mormon. This is many chapters later. And there is this concern that has come up with him and Mosiah, who was a righteous king. But Alma was basically in charge of the church. And Mosiah put him in charge of the church. This is after he refused to be king. And so there's this concern that the younger generation who maybe heard the words of King Benjamin or like the kids that we have here today, they hear the word of God, but it had become distant to them. And they weren't following after it. They they actually were having sinful behavior happen in the camp of the saints. And so there's this concern. and, And... There's kind of this internal battle that happens with Mosiah and Alma. It's a little funny, but again, will you take care of it. No, no, you take care of it. And I'm reading that into this a little bit. But anyway, at that point, Alma takes this to the Lord in prayer. What should we do? And it says in the 14th verse, I'm sorry, I think I said 15. All right. Uh, in the 14th verse, I'm just going to lead in. And it says, And it came to pass that after Alma had poured out his whole soul to God, the voice of the Lord came to him, saying, And again, this is why I feel like this message is so important for us today. And this message is as much for me as it is for any of you. Online, here, live. This idea of choosing God and Jesus Christ as our champion is so important today. And this is why. Blessed art thou, Alma, and blessed are they who were baptized in the waters of Mormon. Thou art art blessed because of thy exceeding faith in the words alone of my servant servant Abinadi. I referenced Abinadi last time. Abinadi was preaching among the the priests and the people that what they were living was sinful life and they needed to be redeemed. And Alma took hold of that. Uh, Abinadi was a champion for the battle that he had to face with the Lord. And ultimately, he lost his life. He was burned at the stake, and he lost his life preaching repentance and, you know, ultimately baptism. And so he was a champion of the gospel. Abinadi was a champion. God had ordained him and called him to be a champion for this battle. And Alma took those words to heart. And blessed are they because of their exceeding faith in the words alone which thou hast spoken unto them. And blessed art thou because thou hast established a church among this people. And they shall be established, and they shall be my people. This is the word of the Lord. They shall be my people. Yea, blessed is this people who are willing to bear my name. For in my name shall they be called, and they are mine. And because thou hast inquired of me concerning the transgressor, thou art blessed. So not only was this this proclamation that these people were his, that that he claimed them as his own, just as he claims you and I today as his own. Alma has this concern about the transgressor. And the voice of the Lord tells him that he's blessed because he's concerned about these things. Thou art my servants, and I covenant with thee that thou shalt have eternal life, and thou shalt serve me, and go forth in my name, and shalt gather together my sheep. And he that will hear my voice shall be my sheep, and him shall ye receive into the church. <clears throat> and him will I also receive, for behold, this is my church. Whosoever is baptized shall be baptized unto repentance." And whomsoever ye receive shall believe in my name, and him I freely forgive. For it is I that taketh upon me the sins of the world. For it is I that hath created them. And it is I that granteth unto him that believeth unto the end a place at my right hand. For behold, in my name are they called. And if they know me, they shall come forth and shall have a place eternally at my right hand. And it shall come to pass, and this is why it's so important today. And it shall come to pass that when the second trump shall sound, then shall they that never knew me come forth, and and they shall stand before me. And then shall they know that I am the Lord their God, that I am their Redeemer, but they would not be redeemed. And then I will confess unto them that I never knew them, and they shall depart into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Therefore I say unto you that he will not... That will not hear my voice, the same ye shall not receive into my church, for him I will not receive at the last day. Therefore, I say unto you, Go, and whosoever transgresseth against me, him shall ye judge according to the sins which he hath committed. And if he confess his sins before thee and me, and repenteth in the sincerity of his heart, him shall ye forgive, and I will forgive him also. Yea, and as often as my people repent, will I forgive them their trespasses against me. And ye shall also forgive one another your trespasses. For verily I say unto you, he that forgiveth not his neighbor's trespasses, when he hath says that he repenteth, the same hath brought himself under condemnation. This is why it's so urgent for us as the people of God, that we might recognize that we need Jesus Christ, who was speaking to Alma, to be our champion, to redeem us from the fall of man. We can't do it on our own. We can't go to the battle trying to wear someone else's armor. You can't go under the precepts that you're going to follow what Brother Pete does and what Brother Pete says, Brother Pete can't get you into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus Christ can get you into the kingdom of heaven. He is our champion today. Amen. And this is why the message just hit me so urgent. And I, I again, I kind of... Maybe ask for your forgiveness for using such a silly analogy of basketball and two players and who's the best and but to me it's what sparked this because this battle goes on and it 's not about whether you're better and or i 'm better it's about Jesus our champion being the best he is the best and I want you I want to read this again because <clears throat> It's just so beautiful in the 22nd verse. For behold, this is my church. Whosoever is baptized shall be baptized under repentance. And whomsoever ye receive shall, be, shall believe in my name. And him will I freely forgive. You know, we struggle with forgiveness, do we not? We would like to say, yeah, we like to forgive. But sometimes it's hard to forgive. Especially when the things that come upon us are hard to accept. Sometimes those challenges are really hard. And for us to to show forth forgiveness and to truly forgive those that repent and are humbled and come before us and ask for our forgiveness, sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's hard. With the Spirit of God upon us, after we go through the waters of baptism, receiving the Holy Spirit, just as David did when Samuel anointed him that day. The spirit goes with us. And the scriptures tell us that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And in this case, this is where it applies. Our flesh sometimes wants to hold on to the hurts that we have, to the the things that have been done wrong against us. But God is telling us that we need to forgive and that we need to move past. And not only is he telling us this, He showed us the way. In Jesus Christ, our Savior, who left the throne of heaven, came down as our champion to bear the cross and to bear our sins and our shame and the reproach that should fall upon us. He did that to show us how we might forgive and that we might love one another. Jesus is our champion. There is a... Uh, Jared, we'll go back to the presentation here. <clears throat> there is a song that played right after I changed this discussion that was happening. And um, for, for those of you that uh, listen to Christian music, maybe that, that uh, uh, whether it's Caleb or Air One, you probably have heard this song. Um, it's uh, by Dante Bo, it's sung with Bethel Music, which is a worship group. And... Um, It's called Champion. And this is the chorus, the words of the chorus. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand, undefeated. Every battle you've won. I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. I am seated in heavenly places, undefeated with the one who conquered it all. You know, the song's really long. That's why I didn't play it. And we'll maybe send out the link on the link, and I would encourage you to go listen to it. You know, uh, worship songs today, they, they, there's there's a lot of repetition that goes on. But it, it, it just spoke to me. And I thought, Jesus, you are my champion. My giants, when I allow them and I turn things over to you as my champion, they fall. Sometimes, amazingly. I heard a testimony from somebody this last Wednesday night, and I'm not going to... But it was so powerful to me. It reminded me of a time in my life when these words became real to me. I grew up in the church. I I had the benefit of growing up in the church and and, and knowing the Lord and hearing about him and coming to church and spending time. But, you know, it was there. It didn't take hold of me until I graduated from high school and God changed my life. The Spirit started to affect me. It wasn't just words on a page anymore or Bible stories about David and Goliath and how he fell and cut off his head, and well, that was always the cool part to me—like cut off his head and carried it around. Um, it became real and alive to me, and I started to see my world in a different way. All of a sudden, there was excitement, and when tr- struggles and challenges came, I looked in the confidence of the Lord to deliver me through those things, and it was an exciting time. And that testimony on Wednesday night reminded me of that time because, you know, sometimes we get a little callous and we forget those things. And we forget. And we almost maybe take things that God does for granted. This all just spoke to me this week as I was thinking about this message and and choosing our champion. And I ask you today, who will you choose as your champion? Don't do it alone. You know, some of the best battles that we can ever fight are going to be found on our knees with our hands lifted high, asking the Lord to be our champion. It's not going to be some great oration of God's word that's going to, be, it's going to come flowing from your lips. God can certainly do that, and he does it from time to time, and I'm not criticizing that. But sometimes we make up what a champion is in our mind, that it's not what it's supposed to be. Jesus Christ is our advocate. He sits at the right hand of God. Advocating. For all of us. For those in this room. For those that are watching online. God. Is our champion. Through Jesus Christ. Our savior. Who. Took on everything. And conquered it all. Yes we still have battles to face in our life. Yes the challenges still come. Illness comes. Affliction comes. Concern comes. Fear comes. Turn those things over to the Lord. Let him be your champion. Choose him as your champion today. May Jesus Christ be your champion, and may God bless you, is my prayer.
2: Amen. I I brought a song to sing today, uh, an old favorite that we have, and a little different arrangement and I'm going to go ahead and do that. I, I was so blessed to hear Brother Austin today speak about the Lord being our champion. And don't you feel that, that the world needs to hear that message? Don't you feel that, that there needs to be hope in the world today? And while we get a repetitive message over and over and over again being bombarded at us, right, Brother Austin? Um, we, we need a message for all to hear that that The Lord is able and willing to change our lives and be our champion. So I'll sing this.
3: On they go through private pain, living fear to fear. Laughter hides their sorrow.
2: and sisters and friends the world needs Jesus I need Jesus you need Jesus I'm so happy to see all of you here today God bless you for coming out to the house of God and to to worship the Lord to have your souls refreshed and feel wonderful that he is our champion he is our God and yes we can become distracted. We can get scared. We can have fear. It's all around us. And that's even a narrative, Brother Austin, that we, 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 we would be fearful. I'll leave you with this. David, this little boy, Scripture says there was a fair, a fair countenance, right? Ruddy, red-complected, Maybe he had a sunburn from being a a, a shepherd boy. I don't know. But he was an ordinary guy like you and us. Blessed of the Lord, like you and I. Do you feel blessed of the Lord, brothers and sisters? You are the sons and daughters of the Most High God. Behold, what manner of love is this that God would shed his love unto us in giving us Jesus? And calling us the sons and daughters of the Most High God. So David didn't want to forget what God did to him. So he sends the head back to Jerusalem. You see what the God of Israel did? And he took that unbelievable armor of Saul and he placed it in his tent. that it was a, to be a trophy. For the champion of the Lord, it was to be a trophy. You see, Michael Jordan, you should see all the trophies that are on his shelves. I'm a golfer. I love golf. You should see all the, the, the titles that Jack Nicholas has. 18 majors. And if we want to give Tiger Woods, we want to give him a little accolade, he's tied for the record for the most wins. I believe he'll beat that record. But there was a trophy that day that went into David's tent that said the God of Israel delivered you. And whenever you get weak, whenever you feel fearful, whenever you have a moment that the flesh wants to consume us instead of the spirit of God, look at the trophy that God has left us. Well, I have trophies, brothers and sisters. They are you today. Such a great cloud of witnesses that are here that have felt the power of God in their life and have been blessed. When I hear a sister stand up two weeks ago, Viola, and say I was in such a dark place and I lost my faith, but praise the Lord, I found it again. What a victory in Jesus. What a trophy that our sister is in front of us. And I don't know what the future holds, but this much I know, my sister. God has you right in the palm of his hand. He's going to take care of you. Trophies, cloud of witnesses that are before us. That we hear over and over again. of These wonderful testimonies of God's people, of his blessings. So my brothers and sisters and all of our loved ones that are virtual today and home. May God bless you. May you take courage in the words that we heard today. And may the Lord give unto you his confidence that, that was in Christ Jesus. Do you know that there was a victory that was won on the hill of Calvary? Can I hear an amen today? A victory was won on that hill. And there's many prisoners of war that are still out in the world today that don't know that they could come home and have a supper waiting for them and great blessings awaiting them. They still think they're prisoners, but that victory was won on Calvary. Amen? Oh, what a champion. Oh, what a savior. What a redeemer. What a risen Jesus that we have. Praise the Lord. May God bless you, brothers and sisters, is my humble prayer. God bless you at home. Be safe, be healthy, and be blessed of the Lord is my prayer. May God bless us today. We're gonna have a closing prayer. Come on up, Brother Tim, and close us in prayer, and then we're gonna go into our
0: anointings. Let's bow our heads. Dear Righteous and dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we've had such a wonderful message today, Lord, even as we've been reminded of your greatness and your goodness and your love and the fact that you are alive in our lives and that you truly desire that we would look to you for that victory when, when things come our way, Lord. We just give you praise and honor and glory today, and we ask your blessing now, even as we transition our service. Bless those that are uh, watching us, even virtually, and uh, bless us as we even continue here. We ask these favors and blessings in Jesus' name.